And so it's so great to have you here uh, with us this morning. And for those of you that have uh, you've, you've gone to the website, missionaz.org, and you've seen the, the title of the sermon or you have a bulletin, of course, you see that we're, we're preaching about fear today. I want to talk about fear or, or having no fear. And in fact, we're going to go to Luke chapter one. In fact, I think the passage will probably surprise you just a bit. And and I will uh, I'll kind of explain it as we go. But we're going to Luke chapter one and put your finger there around verse 26 and we're going to pick up there. But but obviously we're talking about fear and fear has been a part of. You know, human existence since the fall of man. In fact, in Genesis chapter 3, you remember Adam and Eve, they were fearful when they heard the footsteps of God in the garden. And so fear has just been a part of creation, part of mankind. And regardless how brave someone may seem, if we dig deep enough, we know that everybody fears something, right? And, and you know, I think I'm kind of a tough guy, and I, I'm not really fearful of much. I mean, I'm not afraid to be in a dark room or walk down a dark street. I'll, I'll even pick up a snake. I mean, there's not many things in life that I am afraid of. But there is one thing. There is one thing that I am afraid of. And one thing I am terrified of, and it just gives me the creeps. I mean, my skin crawls. You know what the one thing is that your pastor is really afraid of? I am afraid of spiders. <laughs> That's right. I mean, I just hate spiders. I don't kill spiders. I obliterate them. I mean, I just, I mean, they just, I just hate spiders. And that's why the story is kind of fun to tell. Um, and it's a, it was a afternoon, a rainy afternoon. It had been raining most of the day. And my wife and I and our kids who were probably seven, eight, nine, ten, or 11, something like that. They were young. We were driving down a country road in, in Arkansas, somewhere in the state of Arkansas. We're driving down the country road. And as we're driving down the road, we begin to see these black spots on the road. And as we look closer and there becomes more of them uh, more frequently. And, and now they're just kind of little black humps. And pretty soon there's dozens of them in the road. And, and before long now, as far as we could see, there are hundreds of these little black round bumps in the road. And we're wondering, what are those things? Well, uh, we slowed down. Again, it's been raining all day long. And, and we slowed down. And uh, we looked. And lo and behold, all those black bumps that were in the road were tarantulas. I mean, talk about creeping me out there, tarantulas. Immediately, my boys say, Daddy, Daddy, catch one. Daddy, we want one as a pet. And so we're in our, our, our Ford Aerostar van. The member of the Aqua Green Ford Aerostar. We're in our Ford Aerostar van. I'm thinking, okay, I guess I've got to, you know, be the man. I guess I've got to be the hero and get my, my boys a tarantula. And, and so my wife finds a, a cool container that was empty. It had been cleaned out. I think we'd been on a picnic or something. And, and so she gave me the cool hook container, and I pulled the van over, and there's plenty of them. And just outside the, the sliding door of the van, and so I stepped through the seats there between the seats, and I, I slide the door open with one foot in the van and one foot on the road. I'm getting ready to scoop this tarantula up, and it's big enough with the legs spread out to cover the bottom of that cool whip bowl, right? And so I'm just bending over, getting ready to, you know, scoop this thing up, and all of a sudden, something happens that I did not know could happen. And what happens is that stinking spider, he jumps. All of a sudden, he jumps a foot and a half in the air right at my face. Of course, I scream like a girl and probably wet myself. I'm telling you what, it was horrible because I am afraid of spiders. And I don't know what you're afraid of, but man, fear is a part of it. It's like one of my friends, I was going to take him flying. And I took him to the airport. And then I couldn't get him into the plane, and he just revealed to me that he was afraid of heights. He said, well, I'm not afraid of the view, 
I asked him, what are you afraid of? Well, I'm not afraid of the view, and I, I'm not even afraid of the descent, you know, the falling part. I'm just afraid of the sudden stop, right? <laughs> so, you know, we, we, uh, we, we have fear. In fact, we know in the, the Bible, we can see where men were stalked by their fears, like Abraham when he lied about Sarah, you know, uh, not being his wife. We remember that. Why did he do that? Why did he lie? Because of fear. Remember, Moses feared Pharaoh. He, he feared rejection. He said, man, I stutter. I, I can't even speak. And so there was some fear even in the heart of the great one, Moses. And then, oh, we remember, you know, the disciples. And they were afraid of the storm. And they woke Jesus up because, and because of their fear. And, of course, Jesus spoke and calmed the waves and, and the wind. And the fact is, I guess what I'm saying is nothing has changed. People are still caught in the grip of their fears. And we fear, you know, a lot of things. And maybe for you it's the fear of not having enough money or maybe it's the fear of, of bad health. You know, the fear that you might have cancer because somebody in your family has cancer. Or maybe it's the fear of catching COVID, right? Or maybe there's some fear that you cannot quite articulate because the rioting that is going on and what's happening in our culture today and you're wrestling through some of those kinds of fears. Maybe the fears are as simple as failure or the fear of rejection or maybe the fear of what other people are thinking of about you. This is why we come to our text. And it's an unusual text. And remember, we had Christmas in July. We're, we're going to have a little bit of Christmas in August because this text is a Christmas text. But the reason why I come to this text this morning is because three times God sends angelic messengers to earth with messages that were connected, of course, to the birth of a son, Jesus Christ, that brought big news and troubled the hearts that were hearers. Those that were listening, of course, you know, being Mary and Joseph and the shepherds are out in the fields by night. But in the midst of that, in the midst of that message that was delivered to them, there was another message, not just the message of the coming of Christ. But here is what the angels said every time. They said, fear not. They said, fear not. Now, folks, I don't know about you, but I believe that the birth of Christ was a global event. This is the dispensation of grace. This is a movement from the law of God, the Old Testament, to the new dispensation of God's love and God's grace to the birth of Christ, the crucifixion, the resurrection of Christ. It was a cataclysmic global event. And there's no question about that. And here's the message of God that is coming out saying, okay, have no fear. It's not, you know, all that... I think of a long shot to say that this is a global event that's happening right now. We're talking about COVID-19. And in this global event, there is, there is this something that is happening. And, and maybe you need to hear the very same message that the angelic messengers brought to Mary and Joseph and the shepherds. And that is to not have fear. In fact, let's read the first passage in Luke chapter 1. We're going to go to Luke. So if you have God's word, I would invite you there at home or here uh, at the church here, just turn to Luke chapter 1, and we're not going to read the entire text. We're going to stop around verse 30, part A, verse 30, so bear with me. We go to Luke chapter 1, uh, beginning at verse 26. You're really familiar with the story, so I'm not going to bore you by reading the entire thing. But let's go to verse 26, chapter 1 of Luke. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled 
at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, do you remember? (laughs) Do you remember? The angel said to her, do not be afraid. (laughs) Do not be afraid. And in fact, as we begin to see how, excuse me, how, you know, Mary processes this. Excuse me. We begin to see how Mary processes this and, and we begin to understand maybe a little bit, you know, what's happening here, you know, in regards to the message that God is bringing, you know, to his people in regards to the coming of a son. And, and that is for Mary. Mary was hearing the message of the Lord and, and then, you know, responding and embracing the message. And, and, and by that, I'm saying that she understood that this was probably the providence of God. So what is the message for us this morning? In fact, there's three things I want to say. And here's the first thing. Do not fear the providence of God. Think of that for a moment. Do not fear the providence of God. You say, well, what is providence? Well, providence uh, would be defined as the care, the guardianship, <clears throat> and controlled exercise by a deity or the divine direction of the overruling you know, deity who is creator and who is God and Lord of our life because he cares for us and he is watching over us. This is the providence of God. It is the guidance of God in our life. This, this goes, you know, hand in glove with the idea of the sovereignty of God. And so what I'm saying, I believe the message that's given to us here is do not fear the providence of God. And we, we see that Mary embraces us by the calmness of her response, the calmness of Mary's life. I mean, think of it. When Gabriel appears to Mary, she's probably about 14 or 15 years old. And, and you can imagine she's probably been dreaming about marriage and dreaming about what life was going to be like and dreaming about having this, this handsome husband and then having this home and building this home and, and having children like, you know, so many women before her and all the millions of women after. I mean, she, she had this idea of what life was supposed to be like and she had this perfect plan. And the reality was that things were running pretty smoothly. I mean, she had it all wrapped up in a bow, tied up, and she was ready to go. I, I think we can relate to that a little bit. I mean, I'm, I'm praying and hoping that all of us have had a, a little bit of time in our life where our plans have worked out and things were running smoothly. Maybe it's been a few months that that's happened, or maybe it's been years that we experienced this idea of how we plan life out. And life, I mean, just rolled out exactly as we imagined or as we dreamed it to be. And then, of course, there is something that shifts, something changes, and that was the challenge of Mary's life. Because what happens is Gabriel makes his announcement to Mary and her life is immediately turned upside down and inside out. And Mary is then called upon to bear shame and reproach and the humiliation of the glory of God for his honor and for his glory. I mean, you say, well, she's going to be honored as, you know, the greatest woman because she is the, you know, the mother of Jesus. And yes, it was going to be a blessing, no question. But man, the plan that she had in life had shifted and had changed. And I'm wondering, how would we respond? How do we respond? When all of a sudden there is this huge shift or this rift in life and things are not working out the way we plan. I think probably most of us, probably everyone in this church and, and the church that's listening has experienced this because of all the things that are shifting and the rift that has happened in society and all the things that's going along with this COVID-19. And we're saying to ourselves, I mean, where is God in all of this? So the question is, how, how do we respond? 
I mean, how, how, do we, how do we respond to the challenge that God has given us? And I, I believe that we have to embrace the idea that, that God's plans are nobler than our plans, that God's plans are greater than our plans. And that's exactly what happens in this challenge in Mary's life is she embraces the reality that maybe God's plans are greater and more special and more wonderful than she could ever imagine herself. And part of this, as we experience again, shifts and changes in life, is recognizing that part of the Christian experience is cross-bearing. We see that, read about it in Matthew chapter 16. We know about it because Jesus went through the cross. You see, part of the Christian life is cross-bearing. And sometimes we may have to bear our cross, and and I understand that's, that's challenging sometimes. I think, you know, one of the secrets to surviving the dreadful times or difficult times that we experience in life has to do with how much we trust in the Lord. Think about that idea. It has very much to do with how we trust in the Lord. I, I love the little article uh, I pulled this out of, and there's a story of Nancy who worked for an hourly wage, and she's poor. I mean, she struggled. She lived from check to check, but she smiled all the time. She was happy all the time. She was just a delightful person to be around. Have you ever been around somebody like that? I mean, they're just always delightful to be around. I mean, she had nothing. She had no money, but she was so happy. And the lady that she worked for was very, very wealthy, but she was very, very bitter and very miserable and very unhappy. And all of a sudden, the lady that she worked for interrupted Nancy in her work and said, what are you doing? Why are you so happy? Why are you always smiling? Well, what if you were to lose your job? Suppose we go bankrupt. Suppose somebody in your family dies. Suppose, and Nancy lovingly stopped her and said, stop. She said, I don't live in the land of supposes. I live in the kingdom of God, and thou art my shepherd, and he will take care of me. And she looked at her with loving eyes and said, would you do me a favor? Would you just put your trust in God? And I believe it will make all the difference in the world. You see, that's the idea. That's the mentality that Mary had when the message had come to her and the challenge of her life came her way. And that led her into the consecration of her life the consecration of Mary's life. So despite the shame that was sure to come her way, despite the humiliation she was to bear, Mary was willing to submit her life to the will of the Lord. And in doing so, she sets an example of obedience and surrender that every child of God would do good to take to heart. I mean, this idea of of acquiescing, of, of submitting to God. We talked about that last week for just a little bit, that, that as God you know, moves in and out of our life, that, that probably the, the best path is God's path, and the best road is God's road. You see, you and I would do well to learn to submit to the will of the Lord in every detail of life. Whatever comes our way, whatever challenges we face, whatever obstacles that we have to overcome, we submit to the plan of God, and God will bring glory for Him and our good out of it. You say, what do you mean? Well, think of Job. Think of the story of Job. Think of of Joseph, not Jesus' father, but Joseph, the coat of many colors, and how he was a servant or a a, a prisoner for 13 years. And I can imagine moments that Joseph was shaking his head and maybe even crying with his face in his hands and saying, Lord, what are you doing? But God uses Joseph to not only become a leader a great leader, but he is the very one that God uses to bring resources and life for the whole nation of Israel, of God's people. Wow. You see, I believe that Mary understood this, and this helps us to be reminded of what happens when Joseph receives the angelic message to have no fear. 
So what do we learn from Mary is that we, we do not fear the providence of God. The thing that we learn from Joseph is this, Jesus' father, is do not fear the plan of God. Do not fear the plan of God. That's what we learn in the pain of Joseph's life. Because the pain of Joseph's life, so much like Mary, is that he had life planned out. I mean, he had things running smoothly, and he had a beautiful wife and a, a pure and a holy uh, wife, you know, to be. And he had his home probably already laid out, and he had these things all in order, and things were just running smooth. And then all of a sudden, things begin to change. And he receives this news that absolutely shatters his life and brought his dreams to a screeching halt. All of his hopes all of his desires came crashing down around him because he learns that his betrothed one, the one that's to be his wife, is pregnant. Now, Joseph could have responded in two ways. One, he could have divorced her quietly, right? He could have just, you know, walked away and allowed it to be her problem, her family's issue. Or he could have divorced her, you know, publicly and shamed her and humiliated her and kind of tried to rescue his own reputation name. But it's interesting because Joseph does not do either one of those things. I mean, even though Joseph's life is turned upside down and this becomes a tremendous painful, I mean, experience, I'm sure, what, what the winning factor here is Joseph recognizes the privilege, the privilege of the plan of God. He recognizes the pri- privilege of, of responding to God in obedience. And, and, you know, the fact is when we think about what God calls us to do, sometimes it may feel as if, as if it is very costly. It may feel as if that, you know, this is really difficult or this is really painful, but I guarantee you, whatever you think it costs you, that is nothing compared to the blessing that God wants to pour out in your life when you're obedient to Him. When you're obedient to God, there is this blessing that is beyond your imagination. Why? Because God's plans are better than your plans. We're back there again. God's plans are better than my plans. That was the privilege of Joseph's life. And then we recognize the priority of Joseph's life. And that priority was that he chose. He willingly took the assignment on as the angel had come to him and spoke to him. This is God's plan. Have no fear. If I had a, a fourth point, and I don't, I have one more, a third point. But the fourth point would have been, do not fear God's purposes. Because, you know, they may look like, you know, they're not you know, that good in the beginning. They look like, you know, maybe a bad path or a bad plan. But every time, if you follow God and trust him, it'll turn out far better than you can ever imagine. We believe in Romans eight twenty eight that all things work together for the good of those who love God and called according to his perfect will and purpose. So I, I guess we are trying to summarize, you know, this, this part of the message in regards to Joseph, that regardless what comes your way in life, determine in your heart that you will seek the Lord's will and will do that which he has called upon you to do above all other things and God will be glorified and you'll be blessed because of it. So what, what are we saying? Do not fear the providence of God. Mary shows us this. Then Joseph shows us do not fear the plan of God. And here's number three. Do not fear the presentation of God. Now, if you got, have God's word, go to Luke chapter two. I'm not going to read it, but you can glance at that. We go to Luke chapter 2, looking at verses 8 through 20 there. And then this, this story, you know, unfolds. It's really the beginning of it. And it's the shepherds and the angelic message that comes to them. And they were sore afraid. But yet, what was the message by the end? The message was, do not be afraid. Don't fear. I mean, is it possible? I mean, we're thinking about 
what the shepherds show us here, is it possible that God is presenting himself in some fresh way here these days? I mean, if this was a, a, a global event when Jesus Christ was born, and this was a shift of, of, of all of mankind, then this global event that we call COVID-19, is it possible that God is presenting himself in a fresh new way? Is it possible that God wants us to see something in the midst of this pandemic that we're not seeing? I pray that the will of God would be revealed to us and we'd be able to respond to his perfect plan. We could see not why God is doing this, but what God is doing, that we might be a part of what God wants to do. Amen. This is part of the burden of the shepherds. In fact, remember the shepherds, they were social outcasts. They, they were smelly, stinking people, and, and, and they were, you know, ceremonial unclean. They weren't accepted, you know, by the religious right. They, they, they were not accepted in the temple and probably in their social status unaccepted. It's interesting. That's kind of the same way, the same place we are with God because of our sin. Because of our separation, there is this need that we might be reunited with our Father, who is our Creator in heaven through His Son, Jesus Christ. You see, that was part of the, the blessing of these shepherds' lives. These outcast keepers of the lambs are the first to receive the news that the Lamb of God has come into the world. So what a privilege it, it, it had been for the shepherds to receive the message. It's interesting. I mean, we may not be the first to hear the message, but we can be among those that hear God's voice in this global event. And this 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 time that is a very changing time, we can be a part of those that hear the voice of God and are doing what God is calling us to do. You see, that is the brilliance of the shepherd's lives that we recognize here, because after the shepherds met the baby Jesus, they were forever changed and their hearts were transformed. The fact is, the shepherds, they marveled at the story. Can you imagine how strange it was people hearing shepherds speak on religious matters? Because they encountered the angelic host, and yes, they were so afraid, but you see, by the time they received the message, it seeped into their hearts, their hearts were transformed, and they experienced everlasting life in Jesus Christ. After they visited the baby, we read that in Scripture, that there had been something that was changed in them because their encounter of Christ. And we recognize that. So let us review for just a moment. Here we are. Three times the angels came and three times there was a reaction based in fear. However, when the fear had been dealt with and the Lord's message was allowed to come through, the message was seen for what it really was, which was the promise of the grace of God. It, it was the promise. It was the promise of the grace of God as the message was received. Yes, beginning in fear, but man, ending in peace. And, and there is this message in the midst of this, this global event that the peace of God passes human understanding. And I believe that in this event and in these times, God is saying, don't fear. <laughs> you, you don't need to fear because I'm sovereign. You don't need to fear because you know, thou art with you. You don't need to fear because God loves you. Someone has cited three keys to happiness, and I want to share them with you. Here they are. Get ready. And I have something for you, by the way. I have a gift for you. But I I want to share these three keys with you. Fear not. Here's number one. Fear not. He loves you. John 13, 1. Number two. Fear not. He holds you. Psalms 139, 10. And the third one is fear not. He keeps you. Psalms 121, verse 5. So he loves you, he holds you, 
He keeps you. Listen to that. He loves you. He holds you. He keeps you. He loves you. He holds you. He keeps you. I remember as a kid, really vivid memories of holding my dad's hand at at different times. And and I I need to, I was thinking about this and I, I, I want to share this. I cannot remember one time when I was holding my dad's hand, my father's hand, my earthly father. I cannot remember one time when holding my dad's hand that I was afraid. I can't remember. I mean, long as it was, my dad had my hand. I was never, I was never afraid. I mean, and I think our Heavenly Father wants to remind us, don't fear. Just like the message from the angels, don't fear. Because He loves you. He holds you. He keeps you. He loves you. He holds you. He keeps you. And, and maybe there's fear in your heart today. And, and I say, well, then bring it to Jesus. And maybe there, there is this anxiety in life because of what's going on. Well, I say, don't fear, but bring it to Jesus because he loves you. He holds you. He keeps you. Jesus loves you. He holds you. He keeps you. And he wants you to be reminded of that. And I want to remind you of that, that God, he loves you. He holds you. He keeps you. And that is the word of God. And that is his promise to us today. I have a gift for you. I have a gift for everyone that is present. And I have a gift for those that are listening. And so I want to invite you to call in and ask us to mail it to you. Or you can come by the church. But I have, um, I have a little rubber bracelet. It's not in my hand right now. They're arriving tomorrow. But I have a little bracelet. And the bracelet on it will say, fear not. He loves you. He holds you. He keeps you. That's what the bracelet says. Fear not. He loves you. He holds you. He keeps you. And so I want to invite you to take that bracelet and wear it at least for seven days. Just seven days. Maybe you wear it for a year. I don't know. But, but at least as a congregation, a spirit of unity, to realize that God has our back. That the promise of God's word is that he loves us. That he holds us, that he keeps us. And I want to invite you as you receive this, this rubber bracelet, and I'm going to have people pass these out, and as they pass them out, take the bracelet and put it on for seven days. And I want to remind Mission Church, I want to remind you at home that he loves you, he holds you, he keeps you, he wants to be there in your life right now and I want to remind you have no fear God is here God bless you once you have a wonderful Sabbath invite somebody to join you worship next Sunday and we'll see you in about a week God bless you